Welcome back to another Talking Over podcast. My name is Bobby Palmer, and I'm joined always by Mark Spiegel. Man, we got week five yeah. of breaking Cinco. the rules. Yeah. It's not what you think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of like that additive there. Yeah. you got to throw that in because, you know, you'll have your stragglers that come in that are not regular tenders and be like, oh, cool, we're breaking the rules with God's permission. <laughs> you got that subset of people in the back and they're like, breaking the law, breaking the law. Yeah, breaking the law. <laughs> so, no, it's not what you think. Uh, um, if you've been uh, keeping up with this sermon series, it's basically saying like Old Covenant, you know, what we call Old Testament, mm-hmm. was kind of run by law. And then, 613 laws? Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And um, so you had to follow those. And then New Testament, Jesus comes, dies for our sins, and fulfills those. Um, that's kind of a very brief version of the first four. Yeah, yeah, that's a really brief version <laughs> of about 2,000 years of history. Yeah, no. Um, that's like the brief version of the four weeks before this one. And this week, this is not a subject that really can be taken in, in bits and pieces because it's so controversial. Oh, well, you got to have work. So, well, you can, it's just faith and it's, it's grace or it's works. You know, it, you, you have yours, you have your sides that are for or against either side. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're discussing is the same thing pretty much we've been discussing in the last few weeks. It's, it's not about, well, the work we're going to discuss yeah, it. Yeah, discuss it's, it it's, not, it's not the work you do that gets you to a place of saving grace. It's by the work that he did. Exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that too. But also, real quick, do you think this series is targeted, which I, I'm just throwing out that word, targeted towards Christians or new believers? Because I think it obviously can help both. I think it's a really good thing because you may have new believers or, or people that are like, Hey, let's try out this Jesus thing and be, I hate to say, be, be scared off because of like, you got to follow 600 some other rules. Well, I got to tell you, um, I believe with all my heart, it's not geared towards non-believers. It's definitely geared towards believers. He was writing to the church in Galatia. Um, and Tony is going, it's you know, a walk through Galatians. He's yeah. teaching Christians. Now, Faith comes by hearing the word. That's what the Bible says. If, if there are people in here that are not saved, that are hearing this, that is a way they can come to Christ. But the message is plain. It's for Christians. He said, well, you foolish Galatians. That's how the chapter starts. He wouldn't call. Which is the best way ever to well, start hey, a Yeah, yeah. You schmucks. You idiots. <laughs> you know, he's talking, you foolish Galatians. Who gave you another gospel? That's what they're saying. So you were saved by this, and now you think it's this. So yeah, they're definitely he's definitely talking to to believers. I I would agree. So Galatians three, that's where we're at. It opens with, "You foolish Galatians." Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's it's like that's not beating around the bush. That's not you know not liking confrontation. That is just that's just Paul coming out going, "You idiots!" Like really? <laughs> yeah. And I think it speaks a lot to the relationship that he had with the Galatians too, because yeah. you and I both know. I'm not going up to some stranger and be like, you flipping idiot. What are you doing? (laughs) But with you, if you were like, you know, I mean, I I wouldn't be like, yo, dude, you tell me to stop. Get it together. Yeah. You know, that's fine. You don't do that to a stranger. So it it shows (laughs) that that there was some kind of unity here that he felt like a father to his children. So he was setting them, he's calling them out. The Bible says that better are the, are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. And that's what he's doing. So, uh, we did this last week, and I really liked it. We're going to do it again. Give me the bro Bible version of Galatians 3. So Paul's like, yo, 
what's your problem, dudes? Look, you got this gospel from us before, and it's not a works gospel. It's a, it's, it's, we told you what Jesus did. He, he lived, he died, he resurrected. Boom. But then he's like, what demon, you know, because it's pretty much what he says. What demon has told you something different? Or you're trying to, you're going, you're leaning on the circumcision, yo. You're, you're, you're leaning on, on what kind of food you eat. This is just bogus. And remember in the previous chapter last week, we're talking about Peter comes in and Paul's like, hey, yo, Paul, you know, uh, Peter, <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you, the you can't be doing it. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. You know, the title bout, it's still, it's carrying over. He's saying, look, this is not, a, it should not be a point of contention. Now, again, Paul is not getting rid of the law. What he's saying is it can't save you. It couldn't save them before. Mm-mm. What it was was a differentiation. It was showing the world the difference between Jew and Gentile, because Jews were known as law keepers. They, mm-hmm. you know, they kept the law of God, whereas the Gentiles they didn't. They didn't worship God. So that's about as bro Bible as I can get on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, we've talked about this with Celebrate Recovery. We've talked about it on multiple podcasts. It's like that we're all in that. They were like in a cage. The door's wide open, yet their their comfort yeah. staying in that in that cage, um, and not moving forward. But any real student of the Bible that has read through Proverbs knows where Solomon says a dog returns to its vomit, and that's what they're, that's essentially what we're doing. Yeah. So at the beginning, it's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, you've seen it. Like you've had, mm-hmm. you've been given the ultimate example mm-hmm. of the fulfilling of the law, yet you still do it. So. I, I looked at that as a, when you were first saved, I think you and I, you said you're around 16 or so, right? Yeah. Okay. So I was 13 or so. So in our teens, um, typically is there a very big sway in personality or a very big bout face at that age? I mean, some, sometimes that you have, when you're saved as a, a teen, I've seen people just boom, it is Jesus 24 seven. And, and <laughs> I think Spiegel's going to tell you in a second <laughs> what that's like. I think I was on the other end. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second too, but so being saved early, what was like your year after that? Like, how did that go? Like, um, what were you living for? Because I think a lot of this is like, you're saying that, you know, the Jews were keeping the law. They were motivated by rules, by checklists, by mm-hmm. the law. So like that you were saved and like, say just like the year after. Like, what was it like? Like, what motivated you? My my original conversion to Christianity was in that of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, still Christians, just quite a bit different. Um, I will say this. I was the seed that fell on the rocky ground. It sprang up real quick, and then when persecution came, I withered away because I had no roots. Um, first year, man, I was a Bible thumper. I took my Bible to school with me and I didn't go to a Christian school. I went to North Anderson high school, ninth grade. I'm teaching people in the bus. By the time I get to, to school, I got a whole bus of kids around asking me questions about Jesus and I'm able to answer that. But you know, I, I became Bible boy and nobody wanted to talk. No, no girls liked me. And, um, I was the Bible nerd and, I kind of, I was cast aside and I loved the world more than I loved Jesus. So I put it away. Um, I didn't really have a lot of coaching or discipleship Mm -hmm. or anyone to kind of help me move forward. Back in the early nineties, it was, you know, you're saved. Yay. Next. Mm -hmm. 
the next year of my life was not really motivated by much. Like mm-hmm. I didn't understand a relationship with God. I didn't understand any of any of that stuff. So for me, it was just kind of out there, you know, and I didn't fully, fully understand my salvation or fully grasp the concept or want or feel the need for a relationship with Jesus until later in my life. Well, let me ask you this. Do you fully understand your salvation now? No. <laughs> yeah. Me either. I am now at almost 40 years old. I am motivated by by love, by grace. I don't know. Like I, I would I want to do more. I want to love others. I want to serve. I want to do things mm-hmm. because he loves me. Like I want that's that's what motivates me now. Um before probably whenever I did stuff was motivated more by like the attaboys or ooh look at me. Mm-hmm. I I think for me, I was kind of my Christianity at a young age was that I was kind of motivated by fear because mm. I think we've all had the you know, hell and brimstone mm. pr- uh, sermon, right? Preacher gets really red. He, he bangs on the whatever table, whatever he has in front of him and he yells a lot. He picks up his Bible and he threatens to throw it at you. <laughs> or he right. runs across the top of the pews to nah, throw it at you. I, <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, I mean, I'd had those and I think, yeah, I, mean, I, w- I was kind of motivated by fear, which is not good. You know, that's not, I mean, I you think you should fear God, yes. You ever I, have somebody tell you, if you tell a lie, the devil's going to be under your bed? No. <laughs> I've had that. I, I, I didn't go that far. But I was told, and I still, to this day, it's a weird thing. And it has a lot to do with why I don't really, I when people start talking about the Bible and try to quote certain areas, I clam up. I mean, you know this. I'm usually when I'm around you, I just look at you and hope you'll just start talking. <laughs> um, but I clam up because someone asks you, hey, what does God say about this? And then I just tell them what I think or if I don't know it, then that's a lie. Then I'm going to hell. Like oh, it was boy. like, man, it it has just stuck in my head for the longest time. And I'm trying to get past that. I'm trying to read more and to. Well, add- it, I mean, the, the scripture is still the same. You don't, I mean, you don't want to give your own personal interpretation, but. It's it's only false if you know the right answer and you give them the wrong one. See, where were you when I was 13? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are motivated by different things. Um, there is a subset of people that believe that God is this, you know, giant gray haired, white beard dude in the sky, just like throwing lightning bolts. And that's all it is. He's just mad at us. There's still people out there that, that live that way. There are Christians that live as if, God has become a checklist. And if they miss something on the checklist, he's going to be mad and he won't love them anymore. Yeah. That's, but that, there's nothing biblical about that. We do that to ourselves. And uh, I think that has to do a lot with how you're brought up. Well, I, the Seventh day Adventist church is rather legalistic. And, and I'm not bashing. Got, no, I, just, I still have no, yeah. friends that I care deeply about that are Seventh day Adventists. It just, to me, it felt very legalistic. It was do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, dude, I'm just so imperfect. And, you know, that's what I mean, though, that and I'm still kind of in that front. I had Tony, I had a meeting with Tony a couple of weeks ago that and he kind of brought that to me. He's like, you know, you feel like you did this, this and this and you were supposed to get this, but you didn't. So then God was at fault. But God already gave you everything in Christ. So the checklist that you had didn't come from God. <laughs> I'm like, stop being right. OK, I, <laughs> so. We were talking about this before I hit record, and you just laughed at me because I was like, that's kind of like a, a codependent person, Yeah, which I am. I, I still struggle with. It is, if, 
A plus B equals C. And even in relationships when it shouldn't, and especially in marriage that I've learned through counseling, <laughs> um, that it's not that way. It's not, if I do this, you do this and then we're good. Some days, and my wife has been amazing. Some days she does it all and I do nothing. Mm. I mean, I'm talking everything like, and then vice versa. I, I've done on the other end too, but it's not a 50, 50, it's a hundred and a hundred. Right. But with God, there's nothing you can do. There's not one thing you can do to make him love you more or love you less. That's a hard thing for people to wrap their head around, especially oh. when checklists are easy. Not, not that they're physically easy. They're, they're still hard to do, but it, it puts God in a box. Well, it, in the society we live in, everything is based around earning. We have to earn a paycheck. You have to, you feel, we feel like we have to earn love from people. We feel like we have to earn respect, which you know, essentially you kind of do. But if, see, you see what I mean? Yeah. Everything is on that, and we feel like we have to earn God's love. It is so, and for me, though, yeah, I may know the Bible, but it's still really hard for me to grasp agape love, that unconditional love that he loves, except when I give it to my children. I can't, that, to receive yeah. it is different than, than to give it. Uh, for those that do have children um, or, or want children, there's th that's just like God's little like, hey, this is kind of how it is. I'm trying mm -hmm. to show you right here. See that little devil oh. child that's teething and won't shut up? <laughs> that was you. Um, but you know what? You still love him. Oh my. You're still going to take care of him. You're still going to raise him. You're not going to be like, oh, well, you failed today. Sorry. You're done. No more. Did you see Ashton at your at your, your cookout? He, he said said something like, he just raised his arms at me and was like, well, that's just not fun. I was like, <laughs> you've never talked to me like that. I promise you, you don't want to do it. And then he was like, I'm sorry, daddy. I mean, but I, there was no love loss. There is no diminishing in love. No. But I still can't fathom, though, whenever I mess up, you know, and Today which is often. They hasn't given up. Like, that's, it's so hard because we, as humans, and these imperfect people that we are, like, there's like three, three strike rule, man. Like some people live by that. Like, mm. you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me a third mm -hmm. time, you know, whatever. But that's just kind of how we're brought up to live. But it's, it's counter to what the Bible teaches. It is. It's very, it's, I mean, and it's counterproductive to our walk too, because it takes our focus off of Jesus and puts it on ourselves. And that's the exact opposite of Christianity is nothing self-focused. It's always others focus. You know, um, I believe it's in Philippians. It's do not think for yourself higher than you ought, but always esteem others as better than you. Um, that's good. I think that's my new on. tattoo. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It'll go along with the servant. It's the servant. I am second. Yeah. Bobby <laughs> is a servant at heart in case you guys don't know him. Servant at church is like practice. For us when we go out into the world is when we're playing the game you know jesus said it's easy to love those that love you back but what reward is there in that love those that hate you the world hates us we're christians it hates us how do you love people back that are unlovable you can't it's not physically in you to do that so it's always it's vitally important that we stay connected in the word that we stay connected to god in in, in prayer especially in times like these you're right church can be a good practice area church can be a great area where you do get to serve and you're, you're helping hmm. 
others. Like there are people from every walk of life and on every step or every, yeah, we'll call them steps because we have a thing called next steps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everyone has a different different step in their walk with, with Jesus. Everyone is on a different plane, but there should be, and there are other people further along with a handout to help you get there too. Mm. Right. Um, <laughs> I heard someone say this and it kind of goes with uh, Tony's little story there at the end of the service. Um, but someone's said, it, it's like, oh, I love it. I love helping God. And <laughs> it, and it's, <laughs> I never, I never thought about it. I never, ever thought about it until the Sunday. <laughs> I thought it was just a cute little phrase. Didn't think anything of it. Didn't be like, that's wrong. Not, or that's right. I was just like, oh, that's kind of cute. Um, probably put that on a shirt or something. And when you say that out loud, helping God, God doesn't need our help. <laughs> I mean, not even a little bit. We weren't even cheering him on when he <laughs> laid the foundation of the earth. Okay. He, so he's good. <laughs> as profound as that is, and if you were not uh, at service on Sunday, either in the 9 or at the 11, or if you didn't catch it online, um, Tony told a story. He talked about flying, mm-hmm. and Tony's flown tons of times. But he talks about the anxiety of, of taking off and then landing. So, he, so he's up in the plane. He's like, this is how that looks. On a plane, took a nap. You wake up, you look over, and there's a guy just flapping his arms, sweating <laughs> profusely, just <laughs> flapping his arms. Um, and you look over and go, what are you doing? He's like, I, I got I to gotta help the pilot keep this plane up. And he's just flapping his wings <laughs> as hard as he could. That's That's us going... Okay, God, I'm gonna help you. <laughs> like, like God doesn't need our help. No, He yeah. surely doesn't. Now, but, I mean, but someone could argue, and I thought about this. I like to try to think of the other side too. But you could argue that, like, well, when I serve other people, that's helping God. When you serve other people, you're just showing God's love. You're helping that person. Mm-hmm. You're doing it, and should be doing it. Should be motivated out of love. Um the greatest amongst these commandments is mm-hmm. so you're going to have people that come in. I don't want to play devil's advocate, but you know, we, <laughs> I we, love doing we it. <laughs> have people that come in and go, yeah, but the Bible says this, this, and this is it. But the Bible is perfect. Okay. The Bible is Jesus in written form. You know, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Um, there has to be that understanding to for the Bible to be fluent because there are no contradictions in the Bible. If you see one and you think is a contradiction, research why, because there's a history behind it. There's, or your understanding of another passage is wrong. That's why it seems to be, uh, be contradictory. And, and that's, that's important. And, and it's important to me. It's important to you because we've dealt with these particular s- subjects where it's like, well, this is, is this. And it's, you know, because you have this particular sin that you're struggling with, it means you're not safe. You're a child of the devil. I've been told that to my face. <laughs> so, I, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. this is why it's not what you think is there at the end of the title because we are not saying we're not advocating for just don't don't follow these you know guidelines we're not saying that we're saying that's not what's going to get you to heaven yeah john 14 6 tattoo it on you memorize it right on your walls in your mirror jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by me there's no other way that's that's a narrow way of thinking but 
a narrow, Jesus said, straight is the way and narrow is the path that leads to life. A narrow way requires a narrow mind. And that's how we have to think about it. It's not rules. It's not regulations. It's not the letter of the law. It's by Jesus and him alone. And with that being said, that was breaking the rules week five, man. I can't get anything onto that. So if you haven't heard the sermon, go back and listen to it. Check it out on our app. Go. It's on Facebook. We have it's on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. You don't really have an excuse. Go watch it. Just turn it on. You don't have to watch it. Just listen to it. It's great. You can even through our app. You want to watch it, though, when he does the bird flapping yeah, or the guy flapping really his good. arms, though. That yeah, was really at fun. At the end. But uh, you can get it in an audio form through our through the church app mm-hmm. if you want. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we are just more than excited to be back. This is this is great. We're, we're enjoying it. We're glad uh, you guys are listening. We love the feedback. It's been amazing. Indeed. Man, Spiegel. But I don't think we can do any better. So until next week. Keep the conversation going, guys. We love you. Love you guys.